welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. I am excited. I am joined today by one of my friends, Mr. Bill Woodage, who is the author of an awesome book that you must purchase today called Fail More. How are you doing, Bill? Dr. Dion, there's a big virtual hug for you. It's great to see you again. <laughs> great to be on the show. It's an honor. Likewise, likewise. Thanks so much for coming on again. It's always great to sit down with uh, very shrewd and, and, and uh, successful businessmen. So I'm, I'm always in, in awe and inspired by you. So I'm so happy you came back on today. So thank you. See my head getting bigger? <laughs> just, you thought it was just this quarantine lack of haircut, right? Nah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. My head. <laughs> looking sharp, looking sharp. So how did this book come about? What, what made you write this book, Fail More? You know, it's an inspiration for me that when I walked around stores and, and went through Amazon or was trying to order different books to, to help people grow. So think about what can I share with my sales force beyond my words? You know, how can I help them? And every book had something to do with success, but it was always a shiny, bright, you can do anything if you want to kind of a book. And I thought, well, you're missing something. So I would look through the books and I would see a lot of uh, go, go, rah, rah, just, you know, more cheery stuff and not as much. Now, here's how you actually do it stuff. So I thought, well, here's, a, here's what's missing. Where's the flip side of success? You know, if you look at a coin, you look at one side, it's nice and shiny, successful. The dirty side, the street side, the gritty side, the break your nail side, that's called yeah. failure. You know, it's failure. And they're both, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. So before you can be that nice, shiny object of success, you got to go through the nitty gritty stuff that is failure. So I wanted to write a book about failure to help people succeed. I love that. I love that. And, and how do you define failure? As a setback. And I think that's a great question because it bears definition as most things do in life. For me, it's a setback. And the setback could be huge. It could be something as massive as uh, Elon Musk failure when he launches a rocket and it crashes in the next 10 <laughs> seconds and there's no insurance on it. That's a failure. So, wow. you know, or, or, or it could be, you know, I, I, what do I do with my keys? And I'm, I, I'm late to a meeting. I've failed to be on time. So it depends on your definition of the word fail. And I have found that the people with the most expansive definition of the word, the one that says, you know, never really felt like it was fatal, mm-hmm. were, the ones that, were the ones that just kept moving forward in spite of it. Mm, I love that. I love that. So it's, it's almost like it's, it's, not, it's not permanent. So it's yeah. so, as you said, it's a setback. You know what, Dr. Dion, I love I loved Churchill. And I read a lot of Churchill. I read some over the quarantine, still in the quarantine. Um, then, you know, there's one great one that I use, and he said, success isn't final, and mm-hmm. failure isn't fatal. So, mm-hmm. out, you know, outside of the, the major macro failures of death or a serious illness, it's not fatal. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty huge... Um, reminder to everybody, especially during this time with COVID, 
where some people have lost their jobs and they probably view that as a set, what is a setback? And they probably view that as a failure. So what, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to people who are listening who are right now kind of just in the trenches and, and um, just not knowing what to expect with what's with, happened with COVID? The first thing I would, I would suggest to be responsible is to be safe and that to protect yourself and be smart. And you know the difference between danger and putting yourself in a position of danger and what fear is from the imagination. Because here, here's the, the very, important, very important difference. The early warning signs for danger, which is imminent threat from man, insect, animal, and, and today the unseen things such as viruses. The, that's a warning signal for us that there is something that could harm us. That's, that's fear's purpose, is to keep, keep us alive. Yes. But the other kind of fear that I talk about a lot is the fear of the imagination. What happens if this happens and what this doesn't happen yet, but you work into a panic mode. So it's understandable today, we're all in, in this panic mode. We're coming out of it with information, but what information are we following? What information uh, are we in step with? So it's very important that we discern what source we listen to Mm -hmm. Most important, you got to listen to the self and the self has to, you've got to protect yourself, be safe, understand that while you're in this period, maybe you are jobless, stay active in your mind, keep mm -hmm. trying to grow skills, because when it opens up, there's going to be a huge need for your service. And that's really the coaching that I do. Awesome. And so actually, so in the book, you talk about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And, and I'll love for you to expand on that. And I just wanted to also share too that for, for those people who I think, I think they're out, their baseline, if I can say that just um, lovingly, that their baseline is kind of um, hyperactive, like they, 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 they people have who just have anxiety as their baseline, so to speak. How, how do you coach people like that because I'm sure this COVID has actually exacerbated what people are, how people already are. So how do you get out of that? And I know for myself, there are times where I literally have to stop myself and say, Dion, okay, stop thinking that, stop going that direction, stop being negative because it's, it's a hard thing to do. So how do you, how, how does one actually get more positive, even though, even if, even if they're, they're not that way, even without the COVID or, or in general, what, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody? Well, you just gave me the answer. You gave me the answer. It's in the book. You stopped yourself. You stopped yourself and you thought. And by doing that, see, this is what happens. You move all from instinct because instinct is anxiety. <laughs> and it's not thought. It's a, it's a certain level of feeling, but it is definitely not a thought. It's an all instinct. It is, it is a response to, to some sort of imminent danger or some sort of threat. So what you've been able to do is stop and say, what? And when you stop, you're starting to go to the top part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, and you're actually starting to find solutions. So you're saying, stop, Dr. Dion, stop. Okay, now start walking through this process. For me, the process is all about context. Mm -hmm. Are you healthy? Are your loved ones healthy? You know, there's a certain level of worry or anxiety that is, that is grounded and anchored in realism. It's true. It's yeah. real. But yeah. there's a lot of it that's not. So fear is that acronym. You know, it's a, a future event that appears real. And mm -hmm. we start thinking, oh, well, yeah, we're, yeah I feel good. Uh, but you're still anxious about what might happen. You've got to get to the top part of your brain. Ask yourself, what's really happening here? How do I like to, how would I like to feel now? What do I have to do to feel better and get through this? What actual steps? Cause motion will help with the emotion. 
Mm, see, I love that. Say that again. Motion. Motion will help with the emotion. Oh, I love that. And especially that one. What you just said is in the book. So the thank you for the for the advanced praise. Like minds, <laughs> like minds think, think alike, right? Yes, they do. You stop yourself. You ask yourself a question. That's the first thing you do. Mm, wow, wow. And then so and and so, what about the in terms of people kind of making the connection between failure and say a lack of um, ability? Is there is there a correlation? Do you believe there is? Now this is the hard stuff. This is a tough one. And it's not tough to answer, but it's tough to deliver because it's really, really painful for someone to hear, you don't have what it takes in this environment to succeed. And that's an individual, there's a difference between trying, 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 learning, failing, failing, but never really growing. Here's, mm-hmm. a good, here's, here's a great example I use. If I want to play in the NBA, really want to play, and I'm willing to put in 23 hours of work out of 24, I'm willing to take, do Anything it takes. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to learn from this and learn from that. You know what? I'm 6'2". I can't jump and I really can't shoot. Now, can I make it in the NBA? Maybe as a ball boy that pumps up the balls, but I'm not going to play. <laughs> so, you know, no, and, but and, and conversely, could, could I be a mechanic? No. But I'm best <laughs> suited to do, I think, I think what, I've, what I do. And yes. I, found, I found that to be where my skill set lies. So each person needs to know, do they have the aptitude to grow in that environment? Do they mm-hmm. have the right skill set to grow? Or you're going to keep failing by, de- you're failing then by design. You're yes. set up to fail. You've got this position, Dr. Dion, to win. And you do that by finding out what is it I'm good at. Now let's go get mastery at it. Let's practice. Let's get better. Let's fail. Let's learn. I, I love that, and and that is that is that is so deep and so profound because I, I really think that um, I know you you feel the same way that I think everybody has their own gifts and 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 how do you you're in a sweet spot if you can recognize what your gift is and then be able to actually apply that to your 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 life's work. I know I'll speak from my own example. Like diversity is and 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 working with people. This is just what I love and teaching is what I what I love to do. So be able to to do to marry my purpose with what I'm doing. I mean you can't you can't you can't beat it, and and um. And I love that. And, and I'm thinking also in terms of just like as, as a parent, um, guiding my, my children. I've got two teenagers now and, and, and helping them to experiment and just try different things. And, and some things came for them to, to them more naturally than others. And so as a mom, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm thinking this is so instructive and, 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 and helpful because it, it's, it's better to try and encourage somebody if they're kind of within their, I don't want to say talent, so to speak, but if, if, they're, if, if what they're doing mm-hmm. is coming easily, is that, is that fair to say? And let me give you, you said, you, you, well, you brought up the mom word. It's not too far removed from Mother's Day, but let me tell you the mom word, okay? I was terrible. <laughs> I am terrible at math. I mean, I am a walking F, okay? Without a calculator, <laughs> I can't figure anything out. I'm walking F. So if I wanted to be good, if I wanted to do something with NASA, there's no way because I'm a walking F, I can't do math. But my mother used to take me to all these, you know, after hours, the teachers would stay there. They'd work with me, work with me, work with me. The best I could ever get was a D. So, so this is very important for the listener. But my skills were more around the verbal, the writing skills. Mm-hmm. So I learned later on that was huge in sales. So mm-hmm. then I learned if I sold, if I could sell and I could do really well, I could hire those people who could do my math. 
See, that's how it works. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you said this about you said this about parenting, and you mentioned this earlier. The fixed versus a a growth mindset, and it's important for parents to to instill in their kids that growth oriented mindset. That's not perfect because perfect is the enemy of good. All we can ever be as humans is good, mm-hmm. and so the quest for perfect, the grade, the participation trophies, that's not preparing kids for life as it is now when they're met with the object that is failure. That that's a fixed mindset working for a grade to get into a school. It doesn't mean you're going to be good at life. Life comes with a fixed mindset. Don't know, but I ain't going to give up. And a Stanford researcher named Carol Dweck traced kids through school after 20 years and found out that the highest indicator of future success wasn't IQ. Shockingly, it wasn't. It was willpower, the ability to keep doing it, stick to it And that was the thing. A growth, I'm making up new words, stick to itiveness. <laughs> it sounds great. It's growth oriented. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then so okay, let's pivot to the to the workplace then. How does how does the how does the fixed versus the growth mindset how does that manifest itself in the workplace? Manifest and, and itself in terms of how yeah. em, and what employees do and how they behave. It uh, manifests itself uh, from leadership. I'm a servant leader. I think of myself as one and I'm I actually act as one. So the first thing I want to do in leadership is to create an environment where every one of my coworkers, didn't say employee, every one of my coworkers can grow in the in a fertile environment if they have this the ability to grow the skills, if they have the ability to learn from failure. So what I'm doing is encouraging them to try because see, if I try to make them fixed, they're going to make those mistakes, never learn from the mistakes. They're going to shorten, shorten what they're attempting to the stuff they can do really well. And that's probably going to be the easier stuff. I need people to keep moving the bar and doing the harder stuff. You know what that comes with? Comes with this. You're going to fail. You're going to lose some money. If people are thinking and making mistakes that they can learn from, not ethical mistakes, but mistakes they can learn from, you probably have someone you can grow with. I, I love that. And I, and I firmly believe that. And I'll, I'll, I'll say too, I know the way that I was raised and I love when my parents taught me that they never had me equate an outcome to my self-esteem or to my value or to my worth. And, and once that, once that those two things were separated, that gave me the freedom to run run track and field and, 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 and lose a race so, and, and, and know that I'm, I'm still fine, I'm still whole, I'm still loved, even though I didn't get the outcome that I desired. And so, and so I, I think I, I, I love what you're saying because also in, in, in the context of the workplace as a leader, I find that a lot of times there are employees who are afraid to make mistakes. And, and so, and so, and because they're afraid to make mistakes, they don't try and they just stay in their own little circle. So how do you get out? How do you get somebody out of that, that kind of rut where they're saying, I can't, I can't, I won't, I won't, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And, and they're just afraid to, 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 to take a leap of faith. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is go back and I'm going to applaud your parents on the esteem and outcome nexus you talked about by not associating your self-worth with an outcome. That's huge because you know what happens if the outcome goes south, so does your self-esteem. Exactly. I, you know, and I coach people, <clears throat> don't, don't let society validate your self-worth. Don't mm-hmm. let them do it. You've got to have that internal self-worth. You've got to have that ability to keep it entrenched and not associate your self-worth or your value with an outcome. That's brilliant. I love that you said that, and I'm going to keep it. When, you, when this, comes, when this goes, comes out, I'm going to take it and share it with people. 
that's good. I'll probably take credit for it, but other than that, uh, the, the way the way I walk the way I walk I walk people through those fields of imagined fear is to give them the Ethiopian proverb approach, which is how do you eat an elephant? You know what? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Try to put them in positions to win. Try to put them in positions where they're they're comfortable and they can grow some confidence. Then from the confidence, I'm going to go with them, walking next to them, literally literally sometimes as well as figuratively. And I'm going to put them where they get some success and then they try a little more, a little more. But when they fail, I'm there to catch them. Now, over a period of time, I can get a little more in the background. I don't have to be there to catch them. They know if they fall, they know how to get back up and what to do. It is a bargain of success. See, one of the bargains of success is you got to learn from failure. So I'm going to put them in positions to win, not overwhelm them. But then Mm -hmm. I'm going to show them they can and I'm going to push them. I'm going to say, you know, you can do this. Because the other day you did this, this, and yesterday you did that. That tells me that this is available for you today. It, for the right person, it works extremely well. I love that. And, and also too, I, you know, as a coach, sometimes when, you, when you're coaching leaders, they, sometimes they have like a cookie cutter approach where they, where they think you know, just one, one way of doing something is, is, is effective for everybody. And that's not the case. You have to find, you have to, sometimes you have to help, you have to help people find what their sweet spot is for them to actually shine and give them an opportunity to do so. You just chuckled. You, well, because you got to coach the player. Uh-huh. And every player is different. Every mm-hmm. person is different. And one approach fits all does not work. And so I'm coaching the person on what I can do for them because people learn differently. Some people learn by hearing, some people learn by, by, by reading, some people learn by doing. It's the most powerful form of learning. So I'm learning how they learn, then I'm learning what gets to them in terms of what they really want, what motivates them. And I'm coaching the player. So I'm smiling, smiling in agreement with you because, uh, again, I think we read from the same book. I don't think it was, I don't, I don't think it was fail more. I think it was a book of life, but that's how I coach. Awesome. And then, so where did this come about? Like, when did you first learn about failure? Like when you actually experienced it and, and you, you understood the magnitude of it when, and, and, and how did that translate and how did you end up becoming who you are as, as the head of the, the, the Woodage group and just a successful, you know, beyond imagination businessman how did what was what's your journey like how'd you get here i think i'm gonna hire you for marketing if i could afford you i would you know <laughs> some of those I'll things give you, a discount. <laughs> you, know, you know some of those failures the biggest ones we probably still remember and for me i remember you know i, was, I think i was in sixth and sixth fifth or sixth grade and the teacher came around and put down this big you know f on a piece of paper she turned it upside down there was this big red you know, it looked like she was angry when she put it down because it was like splotches from mm. the pen. And it was F in algebra, one of my favorite courses, of course. And, and I remember how that felt. I never wanted to feel that way again. So I thought about just dropping out, but you couldn't because you had to stay with math courses to be able to graduate. So that didn't feel good. But, but when I got into the first things I did in life, I started to think about this. And this is, this is the important takeaway. The stronger variable, the stronger emotion is going to prevail. Was I going to let that sting of rejection and the fear of going outside in society and failing hold me back to where I was in a small box of comfort? Or was I going to take the sting of rejection, ultimate failure, being told I wasn't good enough, losing to gain something in the future, didn't know what it was, but boy, it sure looked like something I needed to go try. 
Mm. And that emotion drove me along with the fear of now you've got to keep improving. You've got to keep improving. So, but the biggest emotion was for me, I wanted more for my life. If you want more for your life, that road will go right through the intersection of fear and failure, right through it. I love that. I love that. And then, and then what is, how is that? What, how does goal setting play into this? I was on Steve Harvey. It was one of my three episodes with Steve, with Steve Harvey. I loved it. I saw them. Oh, no, no, no I loved it. He, he was talking about school with me. And he said, you know, the importance of goals and dreams. That's the thing right there. Don't give up on your dreams. And, and to support your dreams, to make them more than fantasy, you've actually got to do the work. And you've got to understand, just like with Steve Harvey, hey, he failed a lot. And he wears that failure as a badge. He slept in his car. He, he gave up a pretty good way of living for an aspiration, for a dream that was great. So for me, you got to have clarity in your goals. You okay. got to be really sure what you want. You know, Dr. Dion, most people, they really know, they're very intimate with what they fear, but they really don't know what they want. And then they don't know or they're unwilling to, they're unwilling to endure what it takes to get it. That's right. That's it's the key. Goals without action are fantasies. So you got to get in play with your goals. You got to measure your success every day and you got to get yourself in play through the intersection of fear and failure. I love that. I love that. And I'm, I'm reminded of, I remember learning something or hearing something, someone saying that people are not necessarily moved to really, really set those goals and move in that direction until they're like sick of it. They're, they're absolutely sick and tired of being where they are. And they're, and they're, they're now, I need to do something different. And then, then that's how they start making that real change and shift. I found this to be true 100% of the time that the, if the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the assumed pain of change, you'll make the changes. Mm. Until, until then you won't, you just won't. And then, so how do you, how do you know, when, when you, when you become successful, you can quickly, you're, you can quickly see people who are in that kind of, you know, chase, chasing, chasing the, chasing the, 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 the cat chasing its own tail. How do you, what do you, how do you deal with people like that? Well, here's the thing. Condescending, but how do you, how do you manage that? Well, here's the thing about what I success. All right. Going back to definition. I think each of us need to define success in our own terms, not, not someone else's. So for me, it really was very, from very young. Right? I think I was maybe a teenager and it was the realization of my own expectations. So whatever expectation I would set, I wanted to realize that or I was not successful. So I never measured it by uh, suits, cars, bank accounts, titles, none of that. What yep. was important to me is, am I realizing my own expectation? And, and inherent in my expectation is to be able to help others, is to be able to be a difference maker for others in some way some inspiration in some way, they got to do their own pushups, they got to do their own pull-ups, but I can, can I do that? So when I see people going in circle, uh, in circles, I'm going to try to break the pattern. I'm going to ask them, what is it that you're actually chasing? What is it that you're actually doing? Is it getting you closer to your goal? Is it getting you closer to living the dream? If it's not, maybe you're doing a whole lot of busy work, but you're mm -hmm. not doing the directed activities, the real stuff that's moving you forward. And you know, sometimes we can't see, we got blinders and we all, we can't see where our blind spots are. We think we're doing those things that make a difference and they have meaning, but they yep. really don't. 
And so I think we need others, not only coaches, but mentors and maybe co-employees and tell us, hey, you're going in this direction, but you're really not moving forward. It's hard. It's tough love. It's really, yeah. But you need to say it. Absolutely. And that, and that kind of ties to what you say in the book as well. When you, uh, you, you, you say that um, procrastination and, and distraction um, are, 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 they disguise fears. Big time. Because you see the person that doesn't want to get, in, get engaged in doing those things that will move them forward. Let's say you, you, your job is to make cold calls, right? You're really tough, nitty, gritty, dirty job. You try to make cold calls and you make one call and you start making files. Well, you're, you're now going that, in that chasing your tail like a cat, like you said. Now you're moving away because you're procrastinating, because you have fear. You really don't want to get back on the phones because there's rejection. You think you, you're making something important in making a file, but really you don't ever need to make a file. You need to keep making more calls. You need to keep doing more of those things, probably that cause you a little bit of pain, but that's where the gain is. So that's, that's the key is to be able to kick your own butt, to be able to see, hey, wait a minute, do I want, am I waiting for a strategic reason? Or ask yourself the question, am I waiting because I have a fear of doing mm. this? That's the key, because that's gonna kill you. That's gonna kill you. you know, one, one thing that's a success recipe, I firmly, firmly believe this because I lived it, and I wanna say this and it's, because it's so important to me. The shorter the distance between when you have a thought and when you take a decisive action behind that thought, the greater your likelihood of success in any endeavor. The opposite, it's also true. Think, do, think, do, because most people don't and won't. Think and do. Mm, I love that. Think and do. That's fantastic. And then, so how do, you, how do you connect that to, say, you know, you, you, you talk about like Michael Jordan, um, Elizabeth Gilbert and Mark Cuban having, having something in common or having success stories in common. What is the, what is the commonality there? Well, the one thing is that they had dreams and they had drive. And so for Cuban, he said, look, don't look for a perfect job. Just get a job, get another job, get another job. Just get out there because what you're doing is you're learning skills. See, each place you're working, you're, you're learning life skills. Get in there, get a job. No one would ever outwork outwork Michael Jordan. There was nobody that was going to outwork him. His insatiable drive to succeed, I, he did the work to match his drive. And that's huge for him. And so mm-hmm. the people who have that insatiable, really linear focus, and then he had, of course, uh, uh, you know, tremendous talent, but most of the greats in the book failed, found their center, found what was most important to them, what they loved doing, and did not give up on the dreams from J.K. Rowling to Gilbert. They kept going from an inner place of fire, a place of purpose, a place of drive. That's the key to the greats. Learning that failure is their companion. What did Jordan say? I missed more shots than I, I mean, I, I took more yeah, shots yeah. than I ever made. He, most of the shots he missed. He didn't care. Right. He always wanted the ball at the end. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. And then, and then what about the other, the flip side? Because some people are afraid to succeed. Yeah, that's your ego. So, you know, as again, I go back to your parenting and it's very similar to what I had in this way is you don't want to get your ego dented because the ego is your representation of the self image you want others to think and see and believe Mm -hmm. that you are. So you're kind of afraid of that success because you don't want to put yourself out there any further than where you already are because you've told yourself you are your most recent success. You are yesterday's success. Hey, I just closed the deal. Now I just want to kind of like, you know, just 
hold it all back and kind of just protect it. You don't, you have to always grow. And there's a failure involved in growth. And that means going back to getting your ego dented a little bit and mm -hmm. losing. And people don't want to lose what they think they have. At the end of the day, all you have is your forward motion and your attitude. That's yeah. it. <laughs> wow. And then what about those people, like when you start to, to be successful? Um, I actually once had somebody say to me, um, haven't you done it? What was, haven't, they said, haven't you done enough? Or... Hmm. Almost like, why, why do I keep grow, wanting to grow? And so I don't even know what I said to that. How do, how do you respond to that? Well, I say this, and I, I say the same thing about you. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. Sure. You can't take that away from who you are. And see, here we are again, listening to the external, listening to our friends or society, saying, uh, in our estimation, you've done enough. That's what they're saying. When is enough? Is enough is enough. Enjoy your life. Pull back. They're measuring you by their fears, by their limits, by their jealousies, and by their goals and aspirations. They're not yours. In your right. DNA is that thriver driver. You're not going to be able to quell that. It's a thriver driver. And, and I share that kind of DNA. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I, I know we have um, 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 instant synergy and um, like-mindedness that, um, that, that, that obviously, you know, as a result of these kind of really fruitful and very deep conversations. So it's, it's been really awesome to have you on again today. And I look forward to coming back on your show soon. Yeah, you know what? Kelsey's nodding her head. There's another person in the room nodding her head, but we're all six feet apart. So, only, and they're wearing masks, I'm not. But I will have you on my show and it's, you always light up the screen. You really do, so that's why I have the brightness turned up on my part because you're such a light. You're very radiant, I mean that. You've got a, I will tell you what I love. I love this, and again, I, I really believe this is one of the most important things that have, for me, that have this come out of this session. That part about not tying your self-worth to an outcome is huge. For every listener, that's the biggest thing because you won't have a fear of trying if you're not tying that outcome to your self-worth. Think about it. So thank you. thank you very much. Oh, no, thanks for saying that. And, and, I, and I will, um, both my parents have, they've, uh, they've, they've left this earth, but um, I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I, I am so grateful that I had those two amazing parents who taught me that. And that's, that's, that's what enabled me to, to be where I am and then what I'm instilling in my own children. So absolutely. So thanks for, thanks for bringing, that, bringing that back to, to, <laughs> to the conversation again. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of, of them and what they did with uh, me and my, brother, and, my, my brother and sister. So anyway, well, it's, again, once again, it's great to have you on. Where can people find you, Bill? At Bill Woodich. It's W-O-O-D-I-T-C-H. Or Bill Woodich, W-O-O-D-I-T-C-H dot com. I don't hide. I'm out there. So anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so just for people listening, sorry, I, I didn't, I, I was so excited to talk to you. So I, I introduced a book. It's called fail more, go get the book, fail more. But you also mentioned that you're a coach. What else, what else do you do? I'm a keynote speaker. Keynote speaking is my passion. And I do some breakout sessions from them. I've been doing a lot of webinars lately. So the mm -hmm. uh, webinar coaching has been the way we've pivoted. But my full steam ahead, my passion, my light is in keynote speaking. Uh, I write the books as a platform for the, the talks. It's my real passion is to write and speak, speak and write, because I think I can affect a lot more minds and, and maybe influence and win some hearts along the way. 
because I, you know, what I, what we have done here and what we are doing here over 27 years is mentor coach. We're all coaches. We're, we're all coaches or we are nothing. So my thing is to coach. Wonderful. Well, once again, I really appreciate you coming on today. It's been really great to catch up and I uh, look forward to doing this again soon. Yes. You're on my show. Talk soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Bill. And Take if you care. enjoyed this conversation, please go to my iTunes page and, uh, and you can rate the, uh, the show. And uh, you'll also find Bill's information on my website. Thank you so much again, Bill. Thank you. All the best.